My guest today on The Enemies List is one of my favorite people, my good friend, Tara Setmer. She is a senior advisor to the Lincoln Project, and we have been friends for a long goddamn time. We have been to the rodeo a few times here and there over the years. Battle buddies. Battle buddies, absolutely. Tara is a brilliant commentator. You have seen her on every network. You have seen her uh, gutting like uh, the MAGAs like a fish on CNN, MSNBC, and elsewhere. And I am delighted she's with us today. There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list. Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. <laughs> I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. Tara, let's jump right into it. What's your take on the state of the race after indictment Palooza? Oh, my gosh. I have to tell you, Rick, you and I, when we do the breakdown, we always <laughs> talk about how we, we're so sick of being right. And we have been predicting for a year now, at least, that Donald Trump would be the nominee in 2024 and that re- Republicans would consolidate their support for him if he were indicted. Mm-hmm. Right. We've been saying this from at least since last summer after the Mar-a-Lago document case. And then we saw how his fundraising went up and people started rallying around him in the Republican Party. And we're like, an indictment's only going to help this guy. And look at where we are. The Republicans exactly. have embarrassed themselves. Like, I just don't understand this level of be clowning. Like, this used to be the party of law and order, right? Like that right. was part of probably what attracted us as as sure. Republicans back in the day. You know, everyone who knows sure. who, who follows me or, or listens to us knows I always talk about I come from a law enforcement family. So law and order and rules and like prudence, yep. like that was stuff that we actually preached and, and thought, thought it mattered. Was the real, right? It mattered. <laughs> that shit doesn't matter anymore. It's no. not the party of law and order. They're the party of chaos and criminality and illegality and disorder. Like it is the complete opposite of everything Republicans claim they stand for, mm-hmm. that is dead and gone. So it's just, it's it, it never ceases to as, to amaze me how low they'll sink. It really, it really is kind of a moment where, you know, I, we talked about this the other day, like the magical thinking about what the indictments would do or what a trial will do to Trump. I mean, it's all baked in the cake. Everybody already knows all this shit. Nobody's going to be surprised. Oh, he paid off a, he paid off a porn star. No one's going to wake up in the morning and go, wow, I've changed my vote now. And no one is defending, no one's saying he didn't do it, right? Right. Everybody's accepted the premise. Well, of course he did. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's par for the course for this fucking guy. But, but the thing about it though, is that, Unfortunately, even though this is baked into the cake mm-hmm. and we already knew that people were going to say, oh, it's political, blah, blah, blah. It's not just this. It is the litany of transgressions and illegalities that Donald Trump has engaged in across the spectrum. That's right. right. So That's whether right. it was what he was impeached for the first sec- first time and the second time, both completely legitimate. And the Republican senators didn't have the balls to do what was right and stop this guy from running again. 
Because if the senators, okay, take away the Ukraine stuff, which warranted impeachment, but it was too complicated for a lot of people to understand. It was a faraway place. A lot of people were like, yeah, we can't pronounce the, the president's name. We don't really understand military, you know, funding and what was supposed to security assistance. I don't know about all that. But January 6th was pretty cut and dry. We all as Americans watched it happen yeah. with our own eyes. And Unspinable. Right. And, uh, and Republican senators, they knew good and hell damn well that Donald Trump was unfit to be president. Mm -hmm. They had the off ramp. They had the ability to finally cut the head off the snake. And they chickened out and were unwilling to do it on a technicality. But don't they knew think, it. I mean, don't you think at the end of the day, they're going to go back. Historians are going to go back and they're going to look at that window of time between January 6th and the second impeachment vote. And there, I mean, and Mitch McConnell, who controls his caucus like dogs on a chain, he could have pulled the trigger right Yes. Then. He could have yes. ended all this fucking agony right then. Mm -hmm. He could have stopped all of the shenanigans and all the bullshit and just said, no, guys, this is not how it's going to roll. That's and it, and it would have, it really would have put Republicans in a position to finally reclaim the party as they all claim mm -hmm. they want to do mm -hmm. in private anyway. Um, because that would have ended Trump's ability to run for office again if they had convicted him in the Senate and removed him. He, he that would have yeah. been it. Now he still would have been running around like a crazy old grandpa, bitching and whining, complaining about losing the election and how persecuted he is and all that other nonsense. But he would not really have been in a position to complicate the election the same way as an actual declared candidate. He simply would have just been a private citizen who lost, got impeached and right. convicted. Was now, a pissy you know, old man down in a mildewy mansion in South Florida. <laughs> right. they, they're, right. they're, out by, they're out there by the dozen. Right. And it would have give, given a permission structure to other Republican leaders to finally say, yeah. you know what, you had your chance, but instead you decided to foment a violent insurrection. And we stand for the Constitution. We believe in democracy. You violated that sacred oath and, mm -hmm. you know, kick fucking rocks. But they didn't. Right. They didn't. They embraced him. They embraced yep. him, made excuses for him, and they're still on their knees for him. And I and just you know, don't it's get amazing. It. It's amazing as the indictment happened. Uh, I, I had given a speech that morning down in um, in Sarasota, and I was driving back to North Florida, and I I listened to the you know a lot of the coverage of the indictment. I listened to Trump's crazy speech at Mar-a-Lago, which was you know the usual like bucket of cray, mm -hmm. and, and then I noticed I listened to Fox for the next hour after that, and I was like. Oh my God, they're not like back on board. They're like cheerleading back on board. They're like Rupert clearly is either has either like given up, checked out, or something because it was like Donald Trump, our dear leader, our savior, the only mm -hmm. human being. He's 12 feet tall. He's a beautiful creature of light and space. I mean, it was insanity. What'd you think how, of that? I mean, how ugh. many times that Rick have you heard over the last week since the indictment news came down that Trump is like Jesus? Oh, yeah. Over what and over. Is with this messianic complex stuff, it is that's the part that I, I, scares sorry, me the if most. If you're to be a honest. believing Christian and you're <laughs> yeah. conflating Donald Trump with right. our Lord and Savior, right. you need help. You need yes. those people need Jesus. Yeah, no kidding, right? It's Holy Week. That is the most blasphemous <laughs> right. example you, you could, could ever right. use. <laughs> 
Like you really need to take three communions on Easter right. because I don't know right. what you're thinking about making that comparison. There's an infinite number of Hail Marys required after that <laughs> sin. I'm telling you. But, the, but, but, that, but the scary part about that, what scares me is that Trump and his people, they understand that this framing of it mm-hmm. as some messianic persecution oh, yes, they do. turns this into that Christian nationalist holy mm-hmm. war. This is the mm-hmm. end of the, you know, end times apocalyptic crap. And that's give that that gives people a license to disregard earthly rules. Right. So the, right. The, the the Constitution, that's not what we we abide by. We abide by the Bible and this is biblical. And that rationalization leads to very bad things. And I that mm-hmm. concerns me the most. And Trump knows exactly what he's doing by embracing that. And his people around him know exactly what they're doing by by sowing those seeds and ginning people up like this. And that's how you that's how you end up with some serious violence or some wackadoodle uh, lone wolf deciding to shoot up the judge right. or the jury or whomever in the name of Jesus because they're you're persecuting our savior. And I, that concerns me greatly. Yeah, no, look, it is it is increasingly and you know, we've talked to Steve Hassan and we've, you and I have talked to mm-hmm. Steve Hassan, we've talked to other people who are yeah. experts on cult Cults. uh behavior and cult deprogramming and all this stuff. And, and we've talked to Ruth Ben-Ghiat and other people who are experts on how authoritarian cults are built. Mm-hmm. And every single step in the dance is being conducted right now by Trump and his media. Every and single Fox step. News, right? right. Fox and News Fox News is now- megaphone. They're now, they're now the, like, the loudest voice, to, to quote Gabriel Sherman's book about Roger Ailes, the loudest voice in the room. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are booming this out, that Trump is the victim, it's a conspiracy- Traitors are all around him trying to take him down because he's fighting for America. I mean, well, here's my thing about it's that. It's brilliant right? and it's evil. It That's true. And that's uh, what we say also about uh, Steve Bannon, right? He's an right. evil genius because yep. they it, th- those are the scariest ones because they they actually know what they're doing and there is a strategy behind it. And what's strange to, for me to see the way Fox has just fallen back so quickly in line with Trump is in the context of the Dominion lawsuit. That's right. going to trial in like two weeks. And it's and, and, and they're and, back and the to judge covering is, this. The judge has basically said to Fox, go fuck yourself. You're all coming yeah. in to testify. Yes. You, you two, Rupert, you two, Rupert and everybody. Yep. Even though, they're all coming it, to testify. Even though Rupert just had to call off his marriage. And as I said, you know, if those two starry-eyed kids can't make it, who can? <laughs> right. What is it, like his fifth or sixth? Fifth like, marriage, 92 years yeah. old. I mean, yeah, come, come on. on, dude. Like, really? I mean, enough right. with that. But the Fox News thing, I, I just don't know how they – it feels like they're just digging themselves deeper with the Dominion lawsuit because mm-hmm. if they cover Trump like this wall-to-wall again – you fall right into the territory in this defamation suit because he's relitigating 2020 on top right. of all of this. Right. Stuff. It's going to go back to the voting machines were crooked, and you got to see. You got to think if you're a producer at Fox at that night of Trump taking his Trump speech live, which, by the way, almost everybody took almost all of it live. But and, it, and it you gave know, me give me the willies of 20. You know that again. give me some 2016 like like mm-hmm. fingernails on a blackboard feeling like oh fuck here we go. Yep, I said um, I actually I think I said that to my husband. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wrote a piece this morning about it. Like the spectacle is back, and no one's ever learned any lessons about this guy. No one's no. ever figured out how to not cover him or to cover him. The other night at, at Lincoln, we streamed the speech, and people were mad about it because we're like they're like why are you showing us this? I'm like you need to see it. You need to see this part. Yes. Because this part, you don't need to see the motorcade and you don't need to see the airplane. It's like Trump's airplane is being filled with gas. How will this affect the trial? You know, none so of that OJ. shit. I but you need to it. see, I know, right? <laughs> you need to see 
the lies and the structure of the lies and and the way that every Republican candidate will be carrying those lies. And it's, I mean, one thing I miss about our old party, Tara, is the discipline. Yeah. Because, yes. I mean, the minute he finished that speech, man, they were all on board. And Lin- Lady G was out there like, send Donald money. <laughs> Did you see what I tweeted about that? About I Lindsey did. Graham? I was like, first of all, um, he's getting into like late night public access preacher situations right? here, like begging for- This prayer these, towel can be right, yours the for towel and 99 Yeah. And then I said, well, I guess it is true that pets start to look like their owners. Because I don't know what- <laughs> I don't know what's yeah, happening with Lindsey Graham. One. You missed that? I subtweeted myself. Because <laughs> he's getting a little more orange and the hair. I have and noticed I the like, hair is a little more floofy. And a little blonder. I'm like, what are yep. you doing, Lindsey Graham? I mean, he never transformed into into uh, McCain. Maybe and I guess I if he call was in a barnacle me, on his me, ass me. long enough, he would have. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Good no, God. But, I mean, they, t- they took up the message. And it is a reminder to our Democratic friends, stop living in a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Don't think an indictment is going to change these people. The, How many the times hardcore is the hardcore. I mean, I beat my head against the wall and you beat your head against the wall every damn day. Don't think you're going to have something that all of a sudden Republican voters are going to go, wow, I never knew that Trump was a filthy whoremonger paying off, pussy grabbing scumbag, insulting of veterans. I never knew. They all know it. They just don't yeah. fucking care. No, they don't. They're post-shame. They do not fucking care. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I think it is really important for everybody to remember just how disciplined and focused their message machine is and how they will stay on message till the last dog dies. Lock step. And it, that is always something that Democrats were envious of Republicans. Mm-hmm. When we, you know, when we were in the party, you know, I was a political communications person, so I'm part of that. You know, sure. stay on message. This is the strategy. This is why we're going to do this. And you, no matter what happens, stay on message, right? And so my Democratic friends would always be like, man, you freaking Republicans. It doesn't matter what happens. You guys don't break formation. And I'm like, right. that's how you win. Repeat, 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 repeat. Mm-hmm. It's message discipline, message discipline. And we've been trying to, uh, now that we're on the other side, that's one of the things, especially when you and I, Rick, are on panels together in front mm-hmm. of Democrats, we say, guys, look, stop going after Biden. Stop talking right. about him being too old or he stumbled over this word or he did something good. Or you didn't whatever. get, you got you got 80% of what you wanted in the Inflation right. Reduction Act and not 100. Exactly. Like, stop that. Listen to the Ronald Reagan rule. Mm-hmm. That There's a reason why it was successful for Republicans for decades to stop attacking your own. Joe Biden is having a an extremely successful presidency yeah. on paper, and I mean, yet they're still whining and complaining about things that are only going to diminish him and and give Republicans fodder. Stop it! As a listener to this podcast, you know democracy is in danger in America and beyond. This titanic challenge requires a powerful response, and that's why Resolute Square was founded. The Enemies List is part of the Resolute Square family. We're a pro democracy network. The Enemies List is just one part of Resolute Square's pro-democracy content and coverage. Our members get particularly exciting benefits. Exclusive live roundtable discussions with me, Reed Galen, Stuart Stevens, and Joe Trippi. In those discussions, you can ask us questions directly, as if you are in the room at a campaign strategy session. In these sessions, we'll give folks answers on how to fight back against the crazy, how to push back against the MAGA media, and how to communicate effectively in the battle for our democracy. 
We're building a new arsenal for democracy, and we could use your support. Head over to ResoluteSquare.com slash enemies to let the world know where you stand. Everybody's got a morning ritual. I know I do. And I want to feel like I'm getting my day going. I want to feel like I'm moving. And more than coffee sometimes, it's making sure you're clean, squared away, put together. You can get your day started by upping your shave game with Harry's sleekest razor yet, the craft handle. I like to use it because I've got to shave this giant dome of mine every day. So I got to keep it shiny. I have a beard, but I keep my neck clean front and back, do all the miscellaneous trimming. And the new craft handle, it actually is a lot more precision, at least that I found, with the new grip. I really like it a lot. You'll be getting quality shaving for a really amazing price. For now, they're offering the craft handle starter set for 10 bucks. It's a $17 value. So this is something you really should try. And if you don't like it, it's on them, guys. They stand behind the product. They guarantee it. How can you get a hold of the craft handle, the latest, greatest from Harry's? It's simple. Get it delivered to your door for 10 bucks at harrys.com slash enemies list. That's harrys.com slash enemies list. I've said this and you've said this a hundred damn times. If you keep buddy fucking your own president, you're going to hurt not only him, but you're going to hurt your Senate candidates. You're going to hurt your House candidates because the president's approval rating is correlated with election performance. As Joe Biden's approval rating went up last year, wow, suddenly Democrats were, went from facing a red tidal wave to a red trickle. Or a tingle, because, as I said. <laughs> don't say that around Trump. He'll get he'll get curiously excited. Tara, I need to know that. What, can you give me the website for that, that tinkle? I, I need to see that. Oh, my gosh. Golden tinkles. (laughs) Mar-a-Lago is covered with gold, and it could have more liquid gold. People have no idea what happens when we're together. People have no idea. When we're we're in person, it gets even more lit up, y'all. We're going to do a tour someday, and you guys will really see it. Yes. Yeah, I I look forward to that. Cocktails with Rick and Tara. We should do it. Mark mark the calendar. We should do it. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> but I mean, so Tara, what are you watching in the next uh, in the next week or so in the uh, in the Republican world? I am personally keeping track of little Tater DeSantis and he mm-hmm. smoke coming out of the engine on that campaign. That has been something I think has been underreported right now because it's been overshadowed by the Trump arrest and yeah. arraignment. Mm-hmm. The numbers we've seen, Ron DeSantis is not having a good month since his Ooh. little book tour. He has done nothing but go down further in the polls, and Trump has risen in the polls. So it's been overshadowed because, of course, Trump sucks the oxygen out of entire universes, but it's been overshadowed what's happening with DeSantis and the fact that he's reorganized his advance team. There's mm-hmm. all these shakeups going on inside the campaign, mm-hmm. uh, the complaints that people had about him not being very warm and fuzzy when he meets people and how awkward and arrogant he is. No shit. We've been trying to tell mm-hmm. people that. Rick, you know, you live in Florida. I, um, I, I, mean, I hear I hear things. <laughs> yes. And these things, I think, I think the DeSantis folks are like, Thank God Trump got <laughs> arrested because it's taking the spotlight off of of our missteps and the fact that, you know what? Yeah. They really just aren't that into me. The voters, as much mm. as the donors and the Republican gentry, gentry Republicans, as you call them, as much as they are hoping, wishing, praying, trying to will it into existence, they're eventually going to realize they need to stop trying to make fetch happen because uh-huh. DeSantis doesn't have it. Did you see, Rick, that uh, the Trump is now? They see they smell blood in the water. That they sent out fundraisers to um, d- 
DeSantis donors saying, I, I now's the time that. to be loyal to why don't you come, Trump? come back to Donald? <laughs> come back to the warm and universal embrace of Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah. I, I mean, and look, uh, I heard today, uh, and I think it's been reported out now, there's a rumor sweeping Tallahassee that either two or three of his biggest donors went at him and said, you either retool, figure your shit out, or get off the line because um, right now, the last month has been nothing but burning your credibility to the ground. Mm-hmm. And, and sinking in the polls, right? And if you if you're down from if you're down from the 30s, okay, if you're down from the 30s to 19, and you're Ron DeSantis, and you haven't started getting your head caved in by Donald Trump in an official way, I mean, this is just warming up. Trump is just mm-hmm. fucking around with this guy right now. Mm-hmm. He's just playing. He's just playing bullshit with him right now. When it gets really going, and Trump comes back on Twitter, that guy is going to melt down into a a heap of radioactive slag by the time Trump is done with him. Well, you asked me what am I watching for in the next mm-hmm. week or so and and I'm definitely watching that. I'm paying close attention to what DeSantis is doing and the stories coming out. I saw mm-hmm. there was a a story in Politico about um how DeSantis they're talking about a a, a late de- a delegate strategy. Oh, you mean and the Rudy Giuliani wait for Julia, Florida strategy? The first thing I thought of, I was like, <laughs> did they not live through the 2008 primary when Rudy Giuliani tried to do that? It doesn't you, work. I was in the room when they briefed that fucking thing. <laughs> I was in the room and there are people looking at me and it was a uh, Bill McCollum, former Florida attorney general. I remember him. We were like the Florida guys in the room and they look over at us like, this is a good idea, right? And I just, I couldn't stop myself. I was like, this is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in mm-hmm. my life. Are mm-hmm. you insane? So for I'm people like, who don't know John what we're McCain talking is about. Going, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll t- yeah. So lay it out here. Lay it yeah, out. Yeah, so out. What, we're, what we're talking about is is this idea that you can wait until bigger primary states to make your move. So back right. in 2008, Giuliani was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm not going to campaign in New Hampshire and South Carolina and Iowa. I know I can't win there, but I'm going to put all my money and and all my eggs in, in the Florida basket because I'm popular there. There's a lot of New Yorkers that moved that I'm popular with that moved to Florida. They'll vote for me. And that has a lot of uh, delegates. Now, Republican primaries are winner take all. It's not like the Democrats mm-hmm. where they have proportional <clears throat> representation there. No. But the problem here and why, to Rick's point, which he'll explain, why this is a a terrible idea is because by the time you get to Florida on the primary map, there's momentum and there's a certain amount of delegates that have already been collected that if you lose Florida, it's over for you. It's 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 right. win, win or go home. So it is a terrible mm-hmm. strategy because anyone else who's tried this, it hasn't worked. Ask Jeb and ask Rubio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you, you're talking about waiting until March 19th next year to get to Florida. The primary is going to be over by then. Everything's going to be done by then because yeah, it'll be done by South Carolina. I think, it, frankly, it'll be done by by Christmas at this point. Well, you I mean, said it's done now. Right? I, I do prim- think it's done now. And look, pretty much won. Trump uh, is going to win. It. So today, I was here's a, here's a, like a weird like full moon thing. I'm on a show with Sean Spicer. We're we're pre-taping <laughs> a show with Sean Spicer. And, you know, Sean and I have like gone hammer and tongs, but he made a point. He's not wrong about this. You know, the number of parties that are still controlled by Trump loyalists out in the states, they can set the criteria for even qualifying to get on the primary ballot. That is correct. They can say, you have to be polling at 20%. Mm-hmm. So who's on the ballot? Donald Trump. Right. And and these state parties that are controlled by Trump, they are going to exercise all of the control by Trump. 
they're going to they're going to pull every trick in the book and they're going to pull every scummy little little strategy to knock the shit out of out of any other candidate not just Ron DeSantis i mean cuz honestly they're they're like the last few days like oh Nikki Haley raised you know 11 million dollars and she burned three of it to get there. Right, okay. right. I was going to say, so um, what? Yeah, that right. That's it's it's still. But they're looking at this and thinking, mm, that's not as great as we might have hoped. And and you're going to see, as as the doors start to close, you don't get to wait for the Florida strategy. You don't get to hang around and hope for the best, and and hope to get to Florida or California or wherever else, because. The, the media and the money always does this thing every single time. And there's always so a true. candidate who's got the bank shot strategy. Well, I shall wait. And I mean, look. And ask Jeff, Michael Bloomberg. Yeah, ask look, Michael look Bloomberg. On the other side. Wait. That oh, wait till Bloomberg. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, no, you didn't. No, um, he, had a gr- he had a great uh, ad campaign strategy. Sure. And then he showed up on the debate stage and people went, oh, God, no, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. What? He shows up on the debate stage and just shits the bed. Yeah, it from was the terrible. the very beginning. Because, you know, look, you either have the gift or you don't. I hate Trump with the fire of a billion sons, but let me tell you something. Nobody was better on stage in 2016 against his other Republican opponents than Donald Trump. That's true. No one came even in the ballpark of his skill. And and I got to tell you- And that's Ron the case DeSantis, now. That hasn't Ron, changed. Yeah, Ron DeSantis is worse on stage than Jeb Bush. He's worse on stage than Marco Rubio. He's worse on stage than Chris Christie. He's worse on stage than Rand Paul. And that takes some doing. <laughs> I, there's no I think way worse, this guy gets. Look, I think he's worse on stage than Bobby Jindal. Ooh, that's a that's a deep cut, Tara. I'm that's just a saying. Deep cut. Ouch. Listen, the Ooh. more you hear Ron DeSantis talk, the more you go, this guy is not a people person. He, I think he it, can't I, stand it people. Been, it might have been you, but somebody said he's every first wife's man splaining. Or every first husband mansplaining. I didn't say say that. What I've said is that he has the personality of a New Jersey Turnpike toll taker. Yes, that's a good one because that, folks, if you don't remember the New Jersey Turnpike toll takers, they were, shall we say, not the soul of human warmth. No, and this is coming from a a A Jersey girl, a proud Jersey girl. But the toll takers, poof, they were they were not not friendly. But listen, he's yes. The more exposure people have to him, and the more that he's pushed into these. Uh, situations where he has to think that he's got to puff up. Good yeah. luck with that. And also, let's not forget, at least Jeb Bush was over six feet tall. Right. And Tater's 5'7 on a good day. With he- with heels on. With his, little, with his little kicky little matador heels. Yes, with his little um, heels. Yeah, no, look, th- there is a thing about physicality on that stage that matters. And, and Trump an, knows it. That's why he tried to tower an, over Hillary. Right. And unless you have a very confident body language, the height thing can really... The only time I've ever seen it flipped around, the one time- Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. Was it Bush Gore? Yes, it was. (laughs) Washington University, Bush Gore was standing off stage, and I see Al Gore step out from behind his podium. I'm like, what the fuck is this business? I remember And W steps out from behind his podium and like kind of cocks his shoulders back, puts his hands down by his side, and he's looking at him like, step up, motherfucker. Yeah, Come he on. gave him the he gave him the cowboy, he gave him the, the he Texas gave him the, the snake eye, the, the Texas snake eye, That's and right. Gore like slinked back. I've mm-hmm. never seen it pulled off on another time though, mm-hmm. because it's usually the bigger guy on the stage has this has this you know he can even like lean in a little bit, and it ha- it changes the way people see the debate. 
Well, our Texas friends will say everything's bigger in Texas, including swag. So yes, I always that. say that Texas was was one of the my favorite states. I have a lot of friends there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that uh, because they have swag, like like folks from New York and New Jersey. You know, I said, okay, that, you know, Texas has its own little swag going. It's got on its own there. thing. It's got its. It thing. does. It does. I mean, it's got a lot of other other crazy things happening now. Well, but. you know, what we have in Florida is uh, naked men running down the meth running down the middle of the highway, stoked out on meth, carrying their pet <laughs> alligator. But that's just my home state. So. Hey, well, Tara, listen, Florida. thank you so. so so much for coming on today. I love this. Let's do this more often because it's not like you and I don't spend enough time talking every day. Any t- anything you need, uh, you know, <laughs> you can count on me, Wilson. And uh, it's right. a pleasure to be with you on your podcast. Keep kicking ass and carrying on, my friend. I'll see you later tonight. We shall. Bye. You know, today's person on the enemy's list is somebody you would might you might think would be on the enemies. This is a general sort of principle. Donald Trump Jr., Coakley Failson, Rails, the guy who calls his independent pharmaceutical rep Skeeter up from uh, Jupiter, Florida on the daily. You know, here's the thing. When Trump was indicted this week, Don Jr. almost immediately started posting pictures of the judge's daughter and the family. Leave family the fuck out of it. You're not a civilian, Don. You're in the fight. You're in the process, so it's perfectly legitimate to bash you over the head with a political hammer. You ever hear me mentioning your kids? Of course you don't. You ever hear me mentioning anybody who's not in the process? Of course you don't. I've never even taken a whack at Barron. He's not in the process. The judge's daughter is a civilian. I'm sorry. She's a contractor for a firm that does some stuff in the in the digital space. But that doesn't mean she changed the, the the Biden administration policy on anything. Get the fuck out of here. Listen, I get it because my family has been targeted by your people. And my kids were targeted when they were civilians by your people. And it's par for the course. I get it. I get it. I get what you people are like. I understand it completely. Also, your grasp of history is as deviated as your septum. I've made that joke a couple times now, but I'm never going to stop. All right. That's it. (laughs) But you're still on the enemies list. Get your shit together. Thanks again for listening to the enemies list. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at the Rick Wilson. Thanks again for the wonderful support you've shown the pod. We're growing fast. It really helps if you will share this with your friends, your family, and anyone else who like us is trying to save democracy. While you're at it, if you could rate and review the podcast, I would be very much appreciative. I know this is the sort of thing you've heard a billion times, please rate, review, like, blah, 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 but you need to do it. It really does help us a lot. We are slaves to the algorithm, my friends, and if you do this, it will help get the pod out further. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list. <laughs>